Hey, welcome to Redemption Tempe podcast, where we believe that all of life is all for Jesus. I'm Emma Tautolo. I am co-hosting today. Uh, I'm a ministry resident here at Redemption Tempe. I also work with an organization on campus at ASU, working with athletes. Um, And my co-host today is Greg. What's up, Greg? Emma, what's up? It's good to be here. It's good to be in the the co-writer seat today and not be driving. Uh, I think we're in good hands. I'm excited. But just to let you know, I'm from Southern California, so I'm not really a good driver. It's but okay. I will get you where you need to go. Yeah, because this is metaphorical driving, and you know all the little tricks uh, of how to navigate the crazy traffic of L.A., so we're oh, in yeah. good hands. Oh, yeah. I'm living my best life in, in the best traffic in the country. Yes, so. yes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so today we have one of my favorite people as our guest, uh, Leanne Allman, and she is a rock star beast. So what we're talking about today, I was like, yo, we have to get her on this podcast. And so uh, Leanne, can you introduce yourself to the people? Sure. Uh, My name is Leanne Allman. The accent is not Australian, although (laughs) that's the first thing everybody says is slap another shrimp on the barbie. Uh, The accent is South African. Uh, I moved here about 18 years ago. Um, I met my husband here and uh, I've been on extended vacation since, which is almost 20 years now. And I have two kids that are American sounding. So uh, I, am <clears throat> I work for an organization called Young Life. And uh, I have since the day I got to the States. It's actually why I came. Um, it was meant to be just a year of like, hey, let's work for Young Life. And then it turned into like 17, 18 years of, we're still here working for Young Life. Yeah. Um, And my role with Young Life is I sit on our regional uh, team and my area of focus specifically is uh, women in leadership. So I have a little bit of a voice here in Arizona for women in leadership, the development of women. But like I always say to Emma, I don't care that much about women in leadership. I care about men and women leading together. Mm. And sometimes that means a little bit more concentration on the women's side, which is Mm. my passion. What I really love is watching men and women lead strong together. Mm. So that's kind of what I do for young life. That's yeah, good. that's why she's a beast. I love it. <laughs> Just, uh, yep, yeah, empowering women, but really empowering men and women to work together. Correct. And so, yeah, I love where her focus is. So, Leanne, we're excited. Um, so as we kick it off today, our topic, yeah, is kind of how do you give feedback without being judgmental? How, are, how do you give honesty and love, but without being judgmental? And as Greg was saying earlier, Greg, if you want to hit down on it, but that in the Bible, Jesus doesn't actually say like never to judge. Right, right. What, yeah. What were you telling us earlier, Greg? Yeah, I mean, so that's right. Like we're, we're in the, the chapter this week um, and uh, in Love Walked Among Us where we see... Um, Jesus with the woman who is condemned uh, to be stoned. And, and he, it's, you know, this big passage where, um, Jesus says that iconic line of like, you know, who among you has never sinned and everybody drops their stones and, and, and walks away. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's true, right? Like Jesus doesn't say never judge anyone ever. Um, that's just not in the Bible. Um, I think maybe that's potentially the, uh, the misappropriation of, of what he does say, which is remove the log from your eye before you remove the speck from your brother or sister's eye. Right. So the idea is not to, not to ever correct. We are actually supposed to do that, but we also have to have a self-awareness within ourselves of where our log is metaphorically. Um, and know, you know, we have to be open to our own feedback as well before we can give feedback to others. 
Yes. So essentially, we're like never really giving feedback without removing the log from our eye, noticing our own mm-hmm. our own deficiencies that we need um, people that also help call out to right. and the Lord to transform. So Leanne, being the leader that you've been for a long time, leading at a high level in young life, um, what has been sort of your self awareness journey in in your own in, in ministry as a leader um, as you've grown in self awareness? You know, I, I'm listening to you say that, but when Greg, you were talking about, you know, judgmental, I have to tell you this quick story because oh, yes. it just came to mind. And I was like, this really good friend, we had this situation with this really good friend was there. And and another friend had said these things to me that were pretty hurtful. Like, hey, Leanne, you know, you're close-minded and, you know, you're judgmental and you think inside the box. And I was telling my friend, I was like, can you believe she said that about me? Like, she said I was like close-minded and judgmental. And yeah, my friend was like, yeah. And, and yeah, you know, she said close-minded and you never inside the box. And I was like, yeah, but did you hear she said the part, like I'm judgmental. And she was like, "Mm." and I was like, uh, okay. Hey friend, like, are you, are you, wait, are you saying I'm judgmental? She's like, well, I'm not saying you, you know? So I mean, the irony of this is like, the first thing is like, I'm like, why am I talking about not being judgmental? Like my, one of my best friends was like, well, you know, you just might. And then I had to ask my husband, he was like, well, you know, just maybe just a little, (laughs) Maybe maybe that's why you're on the podcast because most people I think wouldn't be able to even tell a story of like that's self-awareness, right? right. Like being able to tell that story. And I, I will say this, I feel very passionately about the self-awareness topic. I, I feel like the world is, is dying to find things that are real and authentic, right? And, and everything that is happening around us all the time is driving us away from things that are real and authentic. Mm-hmm. And, and self-awareness, I mean, part of this is going, who am I? Why do I do the things that I do? And in my mind, I'm like, I got to sort some of that out before Uh, before I say anything to anybody, like I'm in no place to tell you this if I'm really clearly aware of what's going on inside of me. So I feel like this, this self-aware, I feel like just being real and authentic. I mean, I like, it's why I don't do filters on, you know, Instagram and Facebook. Cause I'm, I post things about my wrinkles pretty regularly. Cause I'm like, dude, I got to embrace the wrinkles. Like the wrinkles are real. Like, and the wrinkles are beautiful. You know, it's life. It's real. It's full. It's all these things that everything around us is telling you, like, don't chase after that. You know? So part of this idea of, of self-awareness for me is birthed out of this kind of cosmic curiosity about the why. Why do I do the things that I do? What motivates me? Why do I say the things I say? And are they real or are they just covering over what I think we all suffer from, which is basically like fear? We're afraid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're yeah. afraid. Yep. And Wright says, we don't like fear, but it's the air that we breathe. And we, we operate out of fear of so many things, of who I really am, of what people think about me, of whether I'm being judged, do I measure up? Most of us are, are operating out of fear a lot. And so some of the self-awareness I think is unearthing. Okay, what am I so afraid of that I'm afraid to face who I really am, afraid to admit of who I really am? I mean, Brene Brown's like created an empire right, right. out of this vulnerability deal of who I really am. Am I self-aware? Um, but then also what I think of when I think of self-awareness is self-awareness as believers is what I think about me, but it's also what God thinks about me. I mean, my self-awareness is very like what God thinks about me is critical, right? Because we can do all this amazing self-awareness work, you know, and, and get to the reality of who we are, but reality doesn't set us free. Truth sets us free. And, and God's truth about us is bigger than my reality, even of my own Mm -hmm. self-awareness. That's good. It's It's like always wrapped in God's love for us and our identity rooted in Christ. That's right. So we can take hard feedback because it's like, it doesn't change who we are. Right. It's like brilliant. 
it. Right. And, yeah. and I would even say too, that when we understand the truth of how God views us, there are going to be areas that are unearthed of how we thought we viewed ourselves that were wrong. And so God's truth can even supersede that. Yes. Uh, and that's a huge encouragement yeah. to be reminded of. I think part of the self-awareness thing is uh, I'm always trying to chase away. And it's not a phrase that I made up. I borrowed it from someone else so long ago. I can't remember. But we're all chasing safe and happy. And I think we're all supposed to be looking for whole and free. And whole and free involves being honest, being vulnerable, being true, being authentic, having integrity. Integrity, i.e. everything that's on the outside matches everything that's on the inside. So if you see ugly on the outside and you see ugly on the inside, that still feels more healthy to me than when you know there's ugly on the inside and what you get on the outside is this nice polished veneer of like, I have all my crap together, mm. you know? Yeah. And then it's like, no, well, you don't, neither do I, but let's just be honest about it and say, I, I don't have my stuff together, you know? And that feels like, okay, that's the first step is just admitting kind of, okay, I don't have it all together. Yeah. Let me just at least be honest. That's yeah. a first step in self-awareness, like not operating out of this place where you're just like, this is who I'm fronting. And then internally, this is who I really am. Yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. And that's not a road to wholeness and freedom. I don't think. Yeah, that's good. How do you, do you think Leanne, like ideally, like how, if you don't know, like, like, cause we have our own ideas of ourselves, but then right. how, how would you say, like, how do we get feedback from people? Like, how would you do that? If you're like, I honestly don't know how people experience me in this area. Right. Would you just ask for it? Like, how would you go about doing that? Listen, here's, I mean, okay, let me again, full disclosure. Like I, <laughs> I struggle with pride. I'm, I'm super proud. So my ideas on authority are a little warped because, <laughs> and anyone who's been my boss would say the same thing is like, I, I submit myself to that person's authority. And when I do, I'm kind of saying, hey, I, you are over me. I give you the right, please, to speak into my life, right? Mm -hmm. What doesn't go well is if, if I never opt into that yeah. <laughs> and it's imposed upon me, either without me knowing or without me saying yes. And then when that feedback comes, like we all know this, when that feedback comes in, you're like, oh, no, like, I, <laughs> yeah. no, no, I didn't say that you could. I you never did gave you, give you permission. Did, did you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so a sense like that's important. Um, my friend calls them dangerous friends and you have to have dangerous friends mm. because you have to have people that you've given the right to say that into your life to say, look, when you see that in me, I need you to call me out. I need you to tell me. And you do it in the, in the safe confines of a person that you know loves you. Right. Yeah. It doesn't feel safe when it comes from someone who you're like, no, who are you? Like, I don't tell you. And then, and right. then it's kind of like, I get defensive immediately when right. someone does that, because I'm like, I don't say you could say that, mm -hmm. you know, which brings you up. Don't a whole, know me. No, you don't what know me. That's what I pull out. Exactly. You don't know me. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly True. right. You know? So I think, I think you can get stuck there, but if you are the kind of person where you can't think of one person that would be able to tell you, honestly, you're in a dangerous spot. You take a good, long, hard look at your life because we are built to be in relationships. Relationships are painful. There's tension in relationships. Navigating the tension is living. So life is always growing, right? If something's not growing, it's dead. Yeah. All of life is growing. All of life is disturbance. All of life is pain. <laughs> you yeah. catching me 
by the way, in my life in kind of the more sobering, you know, I know, you know, and my dad passed away like a year and a half ago. It's rattled me. Yeah. Like I have a much more sober view on life than I did two years ago, yeah. you know, yeah. in this, in this phase of my life. So I'm kind of like, man, life is disturbance. I'm reading an amazing book by Had McWilliams called The Discipline of Disturbance, which is basically like everything is tension. Everything is struggle. Everything is pain to get to redemption on the other side. You don't mm. float into redemption. You don't float into growth. You struggle into growth, you know? So navigating the pain, the struggle, that's where, that's where wholeness and freedom is. It's not safe and happy. It's just freaking whole and free, which is what I want. That's yeah. real. That's not fake. That's not what you post. That's who you really are. Anyway, here we go. Right. I'm going yeah. off. No, Stop it's good. It. It's good. It's like, I feel like nothing that you're saying is like, uh, fluffy and rainbowy, but no. it's like really, but but yet yeah, it's beautiful. It's honest feedback. Yeah, it's really <laughs> yes, Craig. It's really honest feedback, and I'm like, but the the struggle you're talking about that there's beauty on the other side, that there's growth on the other side, that there's like a new Leanne, a new Emma, a new Greg on the other side of really honest feedback. Right. So it's encouraging. I, and I think maybe just to wrap a bow on this, I think this is that's a really really important nugget. Um, of what you're saying here, because, um, my wife and I experienced lost about, about a year ago as well. My sister-in-law, um, very unexpectedly passed away. And it's, it's one of those things that like, I would never ask for that. I would never ask for any of these things. Honestly, I would never ask for direct feedback because it hurts. <laughs> That's a lot right. of times. It's painful. But what we see is God is building and growing. I mean, it's this theological idea of sanctification. He's growing us to be more like Christ who suffered his entire life. I mean, there's things I, I never want to sweat blood. You know, I never want to get to a place where I'm crying out to God uh, and, and sweating blood. But Jesus did that for us. And, and that's what we're called to. I mean, we're not called to a safe and cozy faith. Uh, and so I think that that's that's really important. Those are really yeah. important thoughts. I have this great friend, Emma, who said... I know her. <laughs> you do? Wait, yeah. she's pretty amazing. Who yeah. is she? Uh, yeah. She's great. She's a rock star. Yep. She's a oh beast. My gosh. Anyway, Not I heard her say lying. something that was, uh, what's the common thing? What's, what's one of the most common experiences of believers? You said suffering, right? Mm. That's it. Bottom line. I mean, that's... That we're called into this suffering thing, not to be all doom and gloomy, because on the other side, there's amazing things, right? But it ain't safe and it ain't happy and it ain't pretty. It's, yeah. uh, it's real and yeah. struggle yeah. And, it, and it requires, here's the thing, just to bring it back. Some of this, in fact, all of it requires a level of self-awareness. If you don't know who you are and you're floating around yeah. like a pink, fluffy cloud, like go be pink and fluffy somewhere else. You know, <laughs> this is not the place. Like the world is not the place. Like let's have some grit. Let's have some real, honest, authentic, real struggle, conflicty relationships where there's like, you know, those people, right? Where they're whole and free. They walk into the room and you're like, okay, yeah. there's some substance here. Like I want a piece of yes. that, you know? That's like perfectly in because as we transition, I think something that I've noticed is that most normal, regular people in the world, they don't know how to do conflict well. They don't know how to give feedback, ask for it, receive it. And so just even thinking more practically, like how do you give honest feedback? Like, is there um, a story or a time when you've received hard feedback and didn't take it well, or you gave it and it wasn't taken well? Like practically, what have you learned about how to give it or how you receive it? Like, how do you do that? Let me start again with self-deprecating information, but uh, 
you know, I, I do this thing where I, I think I'm so self-aware that I play out all my worst possible faults because that allows my pride to stay intact because I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, no one can ever tell me something that I haven't already thought about myself. Mm-hmm. You are not going to come and I'm going to be like, <gasps> shock, you know, like th- I have never thought that before. I'm going to try and preempt this process and think about everything that I suck at. And then you tell me and I go, yep, I already knew that. Thank you very much. I'm working on it. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. Uh, it's just self-preservation, right? It's not, it's not real. It's not healthy. Um, but yes, I have, I have had instances where my first reaction, I think like a lot of people is when someone tells you something bad about yourself and it hits a nerve, you get defensive right away. Right. I mean, my first reaction is I want to, I want to punch people in the face, you know, that's what I want to do. It's not, it's not great, but it (laughs) goes through my mind, you know, like back off, like, hold on. You're not so great. Just, you know, I want to get defensive. And I have had an instance, I had some, I've had some really hard family stuff in the last probably two years. Um, and this family member had to say, listen, I don't think you can see this. And let me tell you, this is the reality of, of how you think and how you operate. And it was really hard. I mean, I, even though I got, I was defensive. I had to keep trying to bat down like, okay, what if they can see this thing and I can't see it. Um, but here's what's key about that is even that was in a loving relationship. You know, when I know that that person is, is for me, someone, someone, I I read this in a book, the word confrontation, they were thinking of the front end of that word con is with, and then to the front, like together with you, we are getting to the front of what's actually going on in the situation. That helps me to think along those lines when you're doing it with someone that is for a good process is either for health for you or for them or for the health of the ministry that you're working in or the situation or your work environment, whatever it is. The goal is not to hit you over the head. Like that's pointless, right? The goal is to get to something better, whether that's better for you or for better for the situation. And you're unaware that you're doing something harmful when you can go, okay, let's be honest. And you have a level of self-awareness and you can go, okay, I, I trust this person loves me, has what's best for me. Those are the best ones, right? Then you go, okay, I need to sit back and listen to this and be open. Don't talk. (laughs) I mean, I talk, I can talk my way out (laughs) of almost anything, but I'm like, shut up sit still, try and get the defenses down, know that this person loves me. So when I'm the one who has to give the feedback, Mm -hmm. dude, I I tread pretty lightly most times, Mm -hmm. unless I'm angry. That's a whole nother thing. But the the responsible, honest, mature version of Leanne, you know, goes, first of all, give someone a heads up. Hey, I need to talk to you about this thing. Gives them a hit. This is what we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. so that you can prepare yourself a little bit. And then I pat it. I come in with, hey, let me affirm some things about this that are really good. But I am for you and I'm for this process. And if you and I are both honest, here's what I see. What do you have? Like, give them a chance to say back, look, OK, let me, you know, give you some information that maybe I don't have. And then we make a decision after that. Those are the best kinds in a good setup, in a good relationship with a little bit of prepping, you know, and I try when I'm angry. Listen, here's the thing. Full disclosure once again. Confrontation is the easiest thing in the world for me. I mean, I'm, I am, I'm good. I'm, I'm good at it. It's unhealthy and bad, especially if it's something like injustice. Like if, you know, kind of the bully situation on the play. I mean, I, yeah. I was like two for two all the way through school. And, you know, and, and I, I mean, this is, I'm a preacher's kid, right? So I have this self-righteousness thing. The girl cussed once when I was in the seventh grade and I smacked her in the face because I thought that was the right <laughs> thing to do, you know? Man. So like, I don't know, you're, everyone's thinking like, why the heck did you get this chick to talk about this? But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if I'm angry, I feel like there's an injustice and come back hard and far. 
Christ and we're just like, ah, no, I don't think that's necessarily the way. But internally, I still, I'm still the seventh grade version of myself. When someone says something about me that I don't like, I still want to punch him in the face. It's just, you know, we all know that's not the best. You've learned a little self-control. Well, yeah. a little. Just a little bit. Yeah. A little. I think my kids would be mortified, you know, they're 45-year-old moms <laughs> would smack someone in the face. Not to mention Jesus would not be happy with but yeah, he might not. Well, he, maybe not. But um, so, Leon, I this is so good. And so I'm like, all right. So like a healthy family, a healthy organization, a healthy culture is a culture of of feedback. Like, yes. how do you I'm kind of throwing this at you off the cuff. Yeah, but right. how like how do you think like you how do you start to build and develop like a culture, a healthy culture of feedback? So it's not like, like feedback just becomes normal, like in your family, in your organization, maybe on your church staff. Like, how do you think, how do you do that? Well, here's what's interesting is when you even bring up the term healthy feedback, my mind jumps to negative. I immediately think, oh, she must be talking about like when you have to tell something to somebody and they don't want to hear it. But actually, it's a neutral term, right? I mean, healthy feedback is a neutral term. It means a healthy response to something that you did or said. So I think we got to be careful that we don't always make that a negative thing. Like, I'm going to give you some healthy feedback. Dun, dun, dun. Like, that's going to be the worst. No, healthy feedback. I've had a lot of people give me positive, healthy feedback. So, for example, you know, sometimes we speak at Young Life, we speak at camps or whatever. I've said to whoever is managing me, hey, could you please give me some feedback afterwards? Tell me what you heard. Tell me what I left out. Tell me. So, first of all, you have to put yourself in a posture where you invite it. It's pretty difficult to give someone feedback if they're adamantly opposed to feedback or even you know in the back of their mind you go like this person does not want feedback first of all I think there's probably a lack of self-awareness because you're in like a protective mentality right I don't want anyone to say anything I'm too scared to hear what you have to say so I think you have to want it and you have to say you want it and you have to vocal like everybody in that community needs to go we believe in healthy relationships healthy relationships necessitate feedback good and bad so I think you start with a culture that kind of embraces healthy people Mm -hmm. healthy relationships that means and then honestly you have to be the person who starts and says look I I need this I want this I want to be better I want to be growing I need the feedback. I'm inviting the feedback. That makes it a whole lot easier for the person who has to give the feedback than kind of barging in with like, hey, like it or not, you're getting feedback. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's, a, it's an invitation versus a let me just yeah. pop let myself just, in and yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's a, I'm going to tell you invite. something. Yeah. And yeah. because you're dealing with proud people, not all of them, but, you know, I know the, the best thing I can do is, is start with that and say, I am open to feedback. You know, there's, I, I hold the trump card in my hand, which is I, I choose to put myself in a position where I'm letting you speak to me instead yeah. of someone else. But I, I still think, I mean, we have to be committed to that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're an unhealthy community and we don't want to be an unhealthy community. Yes. Going for it. Do you have anything to say, Greg? Sorry. No, I'm just so, absorbing. It's good. It's- Okay, so my final question, uh, when we talk about um, the book uses the the terminology loving your enemies and maybe enemies like we talked about earlier is a strong word. But when you think about people who maybe are against you or even when it comes to loving people who are just playing out hard to love, like really hard people to love, um, it's it's almost sometimes easier to love 
people like because I don't know in the Bible like it's sometimes easier to love people who are like really far away from you like you're like I don't know them we don't have any relational connect so it, I just got to be loving to basically strangers mm-hmm. but when it's a, when it hits a little closer to home like when it's like no I have to love someone who's maybe like close to me maybe it's family maybe it's just who, someone who's not in the distance far off but they're really hard to love how do you do that. Oh yeah. I'm thinking about this in the sense of Jesus calls us to love God and love our neighbor. And he also says, uh, that it's really easy to love people who love you. It's not easy to love people who don't love you. And maybe that is like a wartime enemy, but typically in our day to day, it's not that it's people who are resistant. It's people in our own church, in our own communities that are just really hard to love. So how do we still give, how do we still attempt to give this honest feedback? How do we love them? Well, what does that look like? I always think of the worst things first. So, I mean, when you say that, I'm always like, Hey, initial reaction. If you don't love me, I'm like, that's okay. I got lots of other people that love me. I don't need, you know, I mean, just full disclosure. That's what I I mean, I tend to be like, no, I don't, you know, I wish Jesus would just make it easy and go, the people who don't love you, just cut them out of your life. Um, But he doesn't say that. He says, we have to learn to love them. And I think, um, you know, I used to think, (laughs) I used to think, hey, you know what, if I can get to what's motivating them, whatever I used to think like, oh, if they were just self-aware, you know, if they were uh, aware of these, this brokenness in them, that's leading them to be this awful person that's awful to me. So I used to try and invoke this kind of compassion for their brokenness. And then the older I've gotten, the more I realized that's just a cop out on my part. You know, it's a little bit like, oh, you're just a broken person. And it actually is a pretty condescending way of looking at people. And if I'm condescending towards someone, I start really loving them. It's more like, I'm going to make this okay. I'm going to make it palatable for me to be in a relationship with you Mm. when in actual fact it's like no no actually Jesus I think is asking me for something bigger than that so first of all I go I don't think I'm capable of doing that on my own I think literally those are the ones where I wake up in the morning and go okay Jesus give me something supernatural give me something so that I can have compassion and love towards this person that I'm not intrinsically feeling love towards you know and then uh, I think it starts with that because Honestly, I searched my insides and my insides not got a whole lot of natural inclination to love someone who's just awful to me. And so I start with a supernatural Jesus, give me what I, what I can't actually muster from the inside, especially if it's someone who's hurt you, you know, we're protective people. So if someone has has wronged you or hurt you even worse, if someone has hurt you, man, you get defensive real fast and it's much easier to just go cut them out. Now I'm not saying in genuine circumstances when they are really hurtful things, I think there's a very healthy place for good boundaries for saying this is a dangerous position for me, or this is not helpful. You can still love someone and not, if they're not someone that you have to be interacting like I don't think you go overboard on that but like you say Em sometimes there's people you have to work with that yeah. you don't really like or sometimes you're on a team Absolutely. with people or family you can't get rid of those guys they're like they're in there you know yeah. so I think we, it starts with a genuine like some of those things it's it, it sounds like a cop out answer but so, I'm like I don't have it I need I need the Holy Spirit to give me something for this person that's and I've had it happen before not a lot but I have had actual instances where I've moved from a place of like you dude feel like my enemy I you were out I cannot do this even with close people I cannot do this with you anymore I've gone to bed at night you know have been prayed the same thing for a long time and woken up some point in the night and gone okay I got it 
literally like a like a switch and it doesn't happen a lot because i'm not super that doesn't happen to me a lot jesus and i don't function a lot like that but when it does happen dude it's uh, it's unmistakable i woke up in the morning and wrote an email and was like this is what i've got i love you i want what's best for you genuinely from my heart that kind of stuff feels like supernatural that stuff kind of feels like it comes from the lord as a gift i don't have it yeah like you can't just muster that up nope it ain't in there but the spirit of god has yeah. got to do something right yeah. Well, I think that that's good. I mean, I think that's a, an important thing in our faith that we have to acknowledge. We can't, we can't, like our faith is not one where we work ourselves into all the answers. Yeah. Uh, if we don't understand that we don't, that everything we have comes from God, including our grace, including our growth, including our forgiveness, uh, then we're off. Uh, and I think that that's kind of what Jesus is saying throughout all the gospels as yeah. well. So and that's I, good. And I think like... Jesus is for us, you know, this is one of the things that I have to remember because I'm a self-righteous preacher's kid who smacks people in the face for cussing, you know, <laughs> because I am inclined that way. <clears throat> I, I have a, a high standard of what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm pretty works driven. I came from a pretty, a background that was pretty much like be a good kid, you know? So I, I have to work really hard about thinking that God is for me. I, my traditional view of him has always been kind of like this pretty stern, uh, like disappointed is the word that I would use for the way that I saw God for a long time in my life was like, gosh, just a little disappointed. Like Leanne, I gave you so much. I gave you a great family. I gave you amazing resources. What a pity that you just can't quite get to this level that you should be, you know, and it's taken me a long time to go, hey, Psalm 56 says for this, I know not this, I guess not this, I for this, I know that God is for me mm -hmm. to think that God is for me, that God is looking at me saying you're enough. And I am for you, no matter what, I am for you. So every time you fall down, I have to have this picture of a parent going, he's never kind of laughing at you when you fall down, like, oh, how disappointing. You can't walk yet? How disappointing. Mm -hmm. He's looking at me going, do it again, mm -hmm. do it again. I got you, like, mm. I want you to run. Like, I am for you. That, that changes my whole disposition about all these topics is to think that God is for me. And in this season of my life, where I'm spending so much time kind of in the sobering kind of the world is not nearly as pretty as I thought it was yeah. phase. You know, for me, it goes back to really simple things. I can't get lost in complicated theology at this point in my life. I, mm -hmm. I, I go back to like the five-year-old version who's also singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. And there's a reason why the chorus goes, yes, Jesus loves me three times, because I needed to hear it three times and into mm -hmm. infinity. Yes, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. And Jesus is for me. And that frees me up to kind of venture into some of these things and go, okay, I don't have to I don't have to kick this out of bounds. I don't have to be amazing. I just have to know that God is for me and I'm and I want to be more like him, you know? Mm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, you bring up the the best point to close on that there is something about being secure in in being loved by Christ. Like, and I feel like when you know what your identity is in Christ and it's rooted there and it's not changing, you could get the best feedback in the world and you're not going to stay too high. And you could yeah. get the worst feedback in the world and it's not going to keep you down because you're so rooted in like that I'm loved as for who I am. And so the, it, like, I feel like that's, it's like Holy Spirit, help us to shake off the insecurity that is binding us and help us to be secure in who we are, that we would receive 
hard feedback and be able to move forward and grow. So, yeah, it's a touching illustration at the end. I totally got lost in thought because you were talking about God looking at us like kids that are learning to walk. My son is learning (laughs) to walk. He's 11 (laughs) months old. And like, I'm just imagining God, you know, even when, when, whenever it falls, I wince with him like, Oh, I hope he's okay. Come on, buddy. You got it. You know, like that's (laughs) such a powerful metaphor to think about. Um, and not like, uh, oh, you, you did this again, right? Or mm-hmm. you fell again. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very much for you. And I think that that, that is a great way to end yeah, um, this is. whole thing. Because I think that's what makes honest feedback hard to take is we take it on our identity as opposed to something to learn and grow with, you know? So that's really good. Leanne, thanks so much yes. for joining you. us. Mm-hmm. You were absolutely the best choice for this podcast, <laughs> even though she told us every time how <laughs> she's like, I don't know why you put yes. me on this podcast because yeah. I'm judgmental, I'm this, but you were absolutely the best choice and we are so thankful. Yeah. So thanks for inviting me. Uh, yes. Redemption Tempe, we're signing off, but we'll see y'all next. We won't see you. We will hear you. You will hear us next week. You'll figure it out. Something like that. <laughs> hey, great, Emma. Edit this part out, Greg. Honest feedback. You did a great job. Okay. Thank you for leading this podcast. Okay, thanks. Y'all are the best. Do, do I have to say, like, all of life is <laughs> all for Jesus? All Peace there. out. <laughs> This has been another... You are not leaving this. Edit it off. (laughs) Peace out.